welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where we talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck, and be more confident in your 30s. Now, continuing the theme of relationships and talking all about building your next chapter in love in your 30s, this episode is all about self-worth, what it means to really show up and date and look for love in your full self-worth amongst many other topics that I spoke about with this week's, uh, I want to say this week's guest, but she was actually this week's host because a little bit different from usual, I'm releasing a conversation that I had that was hosted by dating coach and podcast host Alana Dunn. She has a great dating podcast called Seeing Other People and she invited me onto her podcast as a guest to ask me some questions all about dating in your 30s and all the usual topics that I love to talk about and I asked her because I thought the conversation, well I knew the conversation was going to be so great if she minded if I also released it to my community. So it's a little bit different to usual because I'm speaking a little bit more in depth about my own experiences. You all know how I like to talk a lot no matter whether I'm the host or the guest Uh, but still it's actually a little bit more, what's the word? intimate, a little bit more detailed into my own journey and it's actually sharing some things about my past relationship and my breakup and my journey of being single and dating and healing and stepping into my most worthy dating self that eventually led me to my boyfriend and yeah it's definitely some details that I've never shared before so it's a bit of an exclusive and also Alana shares her personal dating experiences and what she thinks is important and we just have a really really great conversation so I'm really happy and grateful that Alana hosted me and that I'm able to bring you this conversation and I just want to remind you all I think this is actually coming out the day before Valentine's Day so tomorrow is Valentine's Day and to celebrate this love month, we're celebrating not just love like every other person who creates content online, but the ability to enjoy being single, enjoy your life regardless of your relationship status in your 30s, to really turn the volume up on you whilst also going out actively and consciously looking for love. And that is exactly what my course the next chapter in love is all about and because of the month of February is the launch month it's currently on special offer so make sure to go and check it out the details are all over my Instagram and also in the podcast notes and the dating modules which is just one section of four of the course are just so so good they're talking all about things that I know so many of you relate to I get questions all the time messages every day on my Instagram asking me about what to do when you're giving up hope with dating, that if you hate dating and you hate the apps, how can you deal with rejection, all different kinds of questions about situationships, uh, discovering what it is that you really want. All of these topics are topics that are addressed in the course in the dating modules so definitely go and check it out and I really hope to see some of you in the Facebook community where 
I'll be hosting you as part of the course. And lastly, just before we dive into the episode, really inviting you to review the podcast in whichever po- uh, platform you're listening on and hopefully give it five stars if you like it and continue to share it so we can get it in as many ears as possible because I really want so many people to be inside the Turning 30 mission and to reach as many ears as we can. So let's dive in to the episode. This is so exciting. I couldn't be happier for this episode, for this topic, for this conversation. Emma Wilson, Turning 30 podcast, Turning 30 coach. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm also so excited to be here. I feel like it was really meant to be because I saw your Instagram and I saw your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have a lot onto the podcast. Like this is perfect for the topic that I'm diving into at the moment. And I saw you and I was like, yes. And then I did a shout out to be a guest one day later and you messaged me and I was like, whoa, hold on. (laughs) I mean, I've never jumped like the, it was like a 72 hour turnaround from like us finding out about each other to this conversation right now. And it's so perfect and feels so right because there's so much overlap in what we talk about in what we believe and what we want to put out there. And I'm already feeling myself being like so fueled by the conversation that we haven't even had yet. (laughs) Me too. Me too. So happy to be here. Yeah. So I would love to just get some more insight to start off into how you became this turning 30 coach. Like what, where did that idea come from? That's not a thing, but now it is. And that's such a needed thing. So was it something that was going on in your personal life? Did turning 30 mean something really impactful to you like how did this happen so yeah exactly like you said turning 30 for me was something that was really big in my life I would I call it the turning 30 crisis now I look back and I don't see it as a crisis so much but it definitely felt like it at the time and it started at 29 and I was just feeling very left behind 30 was coming up I just felt like I was supposed to have my life a certain way. I'd had a really interesting journey in my 20s where I had tried to be mainstream and do the things by the book. And I was a lawyer and I was working in London and corporate and I was so on that path. And then at the, around the age of 27, I broke off and just said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore and kind of left law and I moved country and I set up a whole new life and I kind of felt a bit like a hippie and a bit a bit not mainstream. And then at 29, after two years of doing my own thing, all of those external pressures settled in. When they settled in, I started to panic that, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a relationship and I'm not making enough money. I'm in a job that I don't like. I, I just felt completely left behind. And that basically set off a whole series of events, which led to getting a therapist, getting a career coach, doing loads of work on myself, going inwards, really changing my my life as it looked. And then at the age of around 31, I discovered life coaching for myself, I decided to follow that path. And I was a career coach because after my career journey, I decided I wanted to help people really figure out their, their journey too. And then what happened in my first year of becoming a career coach, I just kept seeing this pattern of people coming to me, clients coming to me and saying, I'm turning 30 next year and I I don't have my shit together or now I'm 33 and I need to find a relationship. And it was exactly parallel to how I'd felt. 
and I just saw this opening in 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 the coaching market for women specifically women who are feeling those pressures obviously also I'm sure we'll talk about it later the biological clock and having children and all that kind of thing and yeah it just really felt really like a calling and it felt like a really strong mission so I thought okay let me interview some people about turning 30 and see how they feel and they pretty much the message was the same the same things coming up the same worries the same fears and it just, yeah, just all spiraled from there. I changed my Instagram account to turning 30. And then and then six years later, here we are. <laughs> so wow. in a nutshell, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy journey to get here. I love all of that so much. It, it's so clear, like this is not something that someone just, like it's not a job someone signs up for to make money. It's a job fueled by so much passion and personal experience. And I love that you were able to find this kind of hole in the coaching space or just in what's out there mm. where people need this like everyone i think everyone feels this way whether it's at 30 or a different age maybe it's 28 maybe it's 33 35 who knows like everyone feels this pressure to be at a certain place in this certain time and maybe it's internal pressures maybe it's societal pressures but it can be really really difficult to navigate and I think it's something that this is so needed in the world. And I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how many people you have helped, which is just so beautiful. Yeah. And I think, and I want to flip the question back to you and and so my audience can hear like how you arrived at this podcast and being a dating coach and also falling into your your, uh, specialist uh, niche. But I think that when you are a coach and you are serving people to have a really strong mission, something that you really care about is so important and I also think it usually really really relates to your own journey something that you went on yourself because as much as I can say oh I definitely saw this need from other people I think if I wouldn't have gone on my own journey and a continued journey because I think I had a huge big change in my life at 33 which again brought up a whole new list of turning 30 issues yeah if I hadn't have gone through that then I wouldn't be able to relate to my clients and to my community in the way that I do. So yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey to to what you're doing you're doing. Now. Yeah. I mean, similarly to you, it it was based off of experience after experience I had that I never would have expected. Like no, if you had told me 5 years ago, 10 years ago that this is what I would be doing, I would have like started absolutely laughing and cracking up in your face being like in what world? But, you know, throughout my 20s, I went through a series of dating like disasters, like my dating life, the relationships I was getting myself into, how I was feeling, everything was a complete dumpster fire. And I kept making bad choice after bad choice. And a lot of it was because I so badly wanted to find a partner. Mm -hmm. I so badly wanted to be loved and, you know, know that like I deserved someone's love and someone wanting to be like my boyfriend, like I really wholeheartedly believed that the second I got a boyfriend, all my problems would be solved and I'd suddenly be happy and fixed. (laughs) And um, that is very much not the case. But, you know, I worked at Hinge for a little over two years running their social media. And while I was there, I just realized like the real way to help people isn't necessarily by saying like, oh, do this on the app and you'll find success or say this on your date and you'll get the next date. It's more so 
we're all struggling with so much internally and we all feel so alone in what we're going through. And the best way to actually help people is to share your personal experiences and talk about what you're going through because we're not alone. Like none of us have ever, like we all think that nobody's ever felt this broken or heartbroken or depressed or anxious as I feel right now, or no one's ever been through this exact situation. It's like, it's a kind of weird, but kind of beautiful truth that actually like we've never had a unique experience in our lives, but that connects us. And so I really wanted to create a platform and a community where I could share my experiences to help other people feel less alone, but also where my listeners come on all the time to share their experiences. And we all just uplift each other and encourage each other and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. So that's really how seeing other people was born. And it's been three years and that's so surreal to me. Wow. I love what you just said. It's such a crux of my business is about people coming together and not feeling like they're the only person experiencing it. Because I'm sh- I'm sure that you would have heard this from from clients as well that feeling of being the only single one or you know in my case it can often be women who are in their 30s who are the only ones that don't have kids or aren't engaged or something and then you know they come to me or we speak a lot about it in the community of feeling that everyone else is doing one thing whilst you're doing another and I, I see it with so many clients who are all over the world and I'm like no but you're all there, like all thinking you're alone and you're the only single one, but actually there's mm-hmm. so many people. So yeah, I love that idea of being able to connect people together. It's, it's, it's such an important mission. Yeah. And that's also one thing I was thinking about going into this conversation where like we are on two different continents and everyone is experiencing the same thing in both places. So I hope that helps other people even just like zoom out more and realize like, you are never alone. And maybe it is a matter of opening up a little bit to find those other people who are experiencing the same thing as you, who are in that same life stage as you. But that's so important to find those people because that's the community that will allow you to feel like, oh, I'm actually not behind. I'm exactly where I should be right now. Yeah, totally. I always say that as advice when people say, you know, I'm 32, I'm feeling left behind, all my friends are doing this. I'm not. I always, one of the main things I always say is go and find your people. There's nothing wrong. I think that we hold on to this idea of friendship and how you have to like keep your old friends. But sometimes we go through different milestones and we go on different timelines to other people and there's absolutely nothing wrong with meeting new people who are, can support you in your dating journey or who can support you you know emotionally while you feel disconnected from your home friends or your college friends or whatever so yeah fully fully on board <laughs> yeah if when someone comes to you and says like my friends are all getting engaged or getting married or having kids and I'm not what advice do you give them for how to not make them feel like that's a them problem. Like I don't want people to feel like they're like they're doing something wrong. Mm. Like because for me when I was single and all my friends were in relationships, I internalized that as well something's wrong with me because I'm not there yet or because nobody wants to be with me. It's my fault. It's a me problem. I think it's just all about reminding people that there's that saying, like not all popcorn pops at the same time. Like it's absolutely impossible for all of us to be on a fixed timeline. And yes, society does dictate that usually by late 20s or 30s, people have found a partner or people have 
quote unquote, settle down. And that's kind of a generic timeline, but it just cannot possibly be that every single person in the world meets the love of their life by 30. And then by 35 has successfully managed to have two children. And then, you know, and this isn't just with with dating, you know, this is also with finding a job or buying a property or all the other, all those other milestones that we perceive as very important. So I think that's my message loud and clear. It's the, that, you know, it's just impossible. It's not a game. We don't live in a, in a game show. Like it's not like levels, like, okay, you pass level one and then go to level two. Sadly, like I said, because society does have these expectations or these generic timelines, that do sometimes take over it often does happen that there are a couple of friends who happen to not be at the same point so it's just I think the answer is in the question it's just really reminding everyone that it's not a them problem like it's completely you know we all have our unique timelines we all have our unique journey sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you are really wanting something else from what you actually have it's really hard to see that and to know that you know, oh, and you're going to have your love story, you're going to have, you know, whatever you want now is coming to you at some point. And just to enjoy where you are right now, it's difficult, obviously, when you really want something and you, you're not there yet. But often I see with clients who I work with over long periods of time, and I can also say in my own journey, when you do get there, you look back and you say, oh, I'm so happy it happened that way. I'm so happy that I didn't rush it, even though it was hard, even though I was left out, even though I had times where I had to cancel on friends because I couldn't be bothered with a conversation or whatever it might be. So yeah, it's just about understanding that we can't all do the same thing at the same time. It's just, it's impossible. I, first of all, am obsessed with the phrase, the popcorn doesn't all pop at the same time. I've never heard that before. And I'm just thinking about it too. Like, you know, maybe some of the kernels that pop later are the more buttery ones because they've been at the bottom for longer soaking up the butter. You know, there's so many ways that our lives become richer when we're single, or maybe maybe we go through a breakup at an age that, you know, we thought we'd be settling down and getting married. And maybe that breakup leads us to discover something new about ourselves or find a new passion, a new hobby, new friends. We never know whatever happens, like I completely agree. Every single person that I've talked to who has found love later than they expected to, or later than they had hoped to, they're all so glad that it didn't happen a single day sooner. Exactly. I'm just about, I've just written the script. I'm about to record the solo podcast for an episode that is titled that, and it's good relationships come to those who wait. And it's not necessarily, you know, I, I don't like to subscribe to that mindset that somebody who met their high school sweetheart and married them has a less good relationship than somebody who met somebody right. at 35. That's not what this what it's about but it's about understanding that just because you meet somebody later it's not a compromise or a sacrifice it can be a really good thing if you want it to be and I think that's really important because I'm sure that you know this by working with uh, your clients and and seeing people in your community there are people who can sit back and just wait and expect for something to happen and there are people who can take control and really build that uh, next chapter in, in their love life and want to take control of their dating so yeah I think it's it's a really something that I've experienced you know I met my partner at 35 and if you could imagine Emma at 25 to think that I would have to wait 10 years go through two more relationships 
two different long periods of dating, hundreds of dates, oh my God, I would be like shocked and horrified. But now I'm there, mm. I'm like, oh no, of course it was supposed to happen that way. Like it shouldn't have happened any other way. So it is one of those things, obviously the benefit of hindsight really helps, but for sure, I think there's so much beauty in meeting somebody in your own time and also going through a process with it that I think you can't take away from a person when they've gone through that. A hundred percent. I think, you know, every time it didn't work out with somebody, yes, I was heartbroken. Yes, I was disappointed. Yes, I became more anxious and questioned more so what was wrong with me, even though nothing was. But every single one of those breakups led me to become stronger and led me to learn something about myself. And I mean, I completely remember literally sitting in my therapist's office. I guess I was like 25 at the time mm-hmm. maybe. And I was like, well, if I want to like get married when I'm 30 or 31, then you know I want to be engaged for like a year or two before that happens. And I want to be dating somebody for like two or three years. And I want to be like living with somebody for like a year before we get engaged. So I need to meet somebody yesterday. It's like that Friends episode when Rachel turns 30 and she literally does exactly the same thing. And she's like, oh, I need to have already met the man of my dreams. And then she's dating Tag, her secretary, and she breaks up with him. So I feel like that is like exactly what people do. And I did it too, of course. You know, I think many people listening will do it. But when we look at that objectively, it just, life isn't a series of of exact timelines. Like it, for some people, they really do want to, to adhere to them and they do. And that's that's fine because everyone has their own journey. But it's really important to speak to the people who who aren't able to stick to those timelines and tell them that it's okay. It doesn't matter if you do things the other way around or the it maybe isn't going to be a year. It's going to be nine months or, you know, to really like be flexible yeah. with how your life is panning out. Absolutely. Because also, what if, you know, you're in this relationship, but you're not sure or there are fundamental differences in your values or in the things you want in life. And you you just so badly want to get to that next stage. You just want to get married. You want that security. You want to have a baby, like whatever it is. So you just say like, okay, you know what? Like it's all going to work itself out. Like this, I want to be with somebody. I want to take that next step. And then it doesn't work out. Like you would so much rather listen to your gut and that relationship be single, have to date and find somebody and be with the right person. Even if it takes longer, there's literally nothing worse than not being sure. Like I I'm getting married in a few months and people keep asking me like, what's been the easiest or hardest part of wedding planning. And it's a no brainer for me that the easiest part has been the fact that I am 120% sure that Jake is the person that I want to spend my life with. And I cannot fathom what it must feel like for somebody going through this wedding planning process, not being completely sure. So I'm putting my hand up because what (laughs) you just said before you said about the fact that you are planning a wedding, which is super exciting, is exactly where I was. I was in a relationship from the age of 29 to 33. That was the wrong relationship because it just wasn't value matched. We weren't lifelong partners. There were many good things. I'm not, you know, don't want to speak terribly of the relationship. It just wasn't a good compatibility. It wasn't a good fit. We didn't have the same values and we weren't ready for the same things. And I was pushing and pushing and pushing to move forward as the solution to 
okay, well, I'm already 31 now. And then exactly like you said, how you sat in your therapist office, I definitely sat with my therapist and said, we need to get married soon because the clock's ticking and all this stuff. And we got engaged and it was just wrong. And it was that, and I knew it was wrong to the point where we actually broke up almost immediately after we got engaged. So thank God it wasn't, wasn't really made public, but it didn't feel right inside. And now I can look back and tell and say with, with so much certainty that it wasn't the right person. And now I know what it's like to be with the right person with a good few years gap in between of being single. I can say, yeah, like it's fundamental. It's fundamentally better to wait for that right relationship than to be with somebody and to force it and to think, okay, I've just got to keep moving forward. I've got to power forward because that's what I'm quote unquote supposed to do. That's what is going to get me the most validation from society or the most validation from, I don't know, for me, it was like my grandma or you know, my my wider family. And yeah, it's just it literally word for word, what you said is what I have been through. So I can say it firsthand, being in the wrong relationship, and waking up every day and having that like feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, oh, is this really the right person for me? Like, is it really going to work out? Is just not, it's just not the one. <laughs> it's not, I wouldn't recommend it to I'm anyone. Like, I'm anxious, like thinking about that. Yeah. Like thinking about feeling that way. What, when he proposed to you in that moment, were you like, okay, this is going to like fix things this is going to make it better like were you excited or were you like I don't know how I feel right now but he's on one knee and I'm gonna say yes we definitely didn't get on one knee so that's also really it's really interesting (laughs) to like to share that because it was a long journey of discussions of right we've been together for x amount of time we've lived together for three years we should be taking the next step I'm ready for the next step are you ready for the next step? No, give me some more time. I'm not ready. I'm not sure that I'm ready for commitment. And then it would always come back to me being like, well, I'm sure. But it was so ironic because I was at the same time with a therapist, with a coach, with my journal, knowing I wasn't ready, but feeling like I had to purvey this Mm. image of the ready woman because I'm like, come on, let's move forward. By the time the proposal actually happened, it was very much like a fine. If you really want it, let's do it. It wasn't an, an official proposal. There was no romance. There was no excitement. And there was a lot of guilt from my side thinking, oh, like, you know, and it was so interesting what happened. You know, I've never spoken about this on a podcast before. So this is definitely an, an, an exclusive also for my, for, You're my doing great. for both of our audiences <laughs> that to the point where the minute it almost was like, okay, fine, let's do it. And then he'd come and said, okay, like, if that's what you want which was kind of the undertone I'm ready let's 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 go for it I was like oh no actually I don't want this literally it just sounds like the penny dropped I was like oh no I just needed to make sure that I could have it and the minute I knew it was an option I I didn't want it and it was very obviously a confusing time it was really confusing because I think that I thought and I think and I know this for a fact from working with women who've been in a similar situation who have also coached through something similar after I went through this experience that you have this thing when you're in the relationship that isn't right for you or that isn't compatible you have this thing and I think you just said it now that if you could just move on to the next level to the next step of the relationship then something will change right so that's why a lot of people get engaged even though they've been arguing a lot a lot of people decide to have children when actually 
like there are things fundamentally not right in their relationship and they think that the child will be a plaster and oh sorry a band-aid for your audience <laughs> but like yeah I just think it's really important to to acknowledge that because you know I always thought that getting engaged would solve everything and then the minute it happened it became real and I saw my whole life ahead of me and I just thought oh my god like no this isn't how I want to live and it ended up having lots of discussions and, and resulted in a breakup literally the week of my 33rd birthday and it was unexpected yeah. because even though we had been having problems it was also very much like you know I was ready to move on and meet somebody that actually was compatible and I was ready to to be in a in a mature relationship and now I'm with my partner it's so funny the difference because I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to be together and there's not a doubt so I don't have any pressure to make anything move quicker like it's very like from the start when we were together after the first the rocky first few months when you're trying to figure out you know is it official is it not and all those things but once we settled into a relationship it was just so it just felt right I can't I can't maybe you have the same thing with Jake it's just that feeling of like yeah, it's just flowing and it's going as it should. And there's no need to rush things. You know, there's, we don't need to get married tomorrow because I'm not insecure about the way that you feel about exactly. me. Yeah. In, in every single one of my past relationships, I wanted that reassurance and validation constantly. Like I needed to know that they liked me, that they wanted to be exclusive with me, be my boyfriend, like take that next step. And it didn't feel good. Like I never felt safe. I never felt sure in myself. The only times I was ever sure was when they would validate that and tell me. And with Jake, it was completely different where I never questioned like, are we on the same page? Mm. Or is he going to want that next thing? Because we communicated so openly with each other, because we talked about exactly where we were at. There was no guessing or assuming. And it it really is like, so crazy how different this relationship felt from the very beginning versus anything else I experienced. And can I ask you what had changed for you when you went into that relationship compared to before about the way that you approached the relationship? And you or you, I think you already just mentioned communication being so strong, which I completely agree with. I think it's it's completely central to starting a healthy relationship. Yeah. But when you met Jake and you entered that, you know, this this new partnership, what had changed for you from all the times before? I think a few things. The first being, I don't believe that you have to love yourself to be loved by someone else. I think you have to like yourself and respect yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you'll settle for anything if you don't. And I definitely did not love myself or even really like myself or recognize my own worth in the past. And because of COVID, I was for forced to spend so much time on my own and I was forced to like become my own best friend and enjoy my own company and figure out activities that I liked to do by myself. And I started to actually enjoy myself and enjoy my time with me. Whereas before I always felt like I just needed external validation from everybody else that I was good enough or that people wanted to make plans with mm -hmm. me or that guys wanted to go on dates with me. And now I finally felt like oh, like I'm good on my own. Like Alana's great as Alana hanging out with Alana. I don't need somebody else. And so I think that was the first thing. The second thing was for years and years, I continued to date the same type of guy who 
would tell me after four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dates that they really liked hanging out with me. They were down to keep hanging out with me if I was up for it, but they weren't looking for something serious. And for years, I took that as, okay, challenge accepted. Like, you don't know me well enough yet to know that you want to commit to me, but I'm going to convince you. And every single time without fail, that never happened because they were not looking for something serious. And so a few months before meeting Jake, I did meet this other guy who we went on a few dates with. We're really hitting it off. We're talking every day in between. I felt like this is going in a great direction. And he hit me with that same thing of, oh, like because it's COVID, you know, I'm going to go spend like a bunch of months in Florida with family and friends. So I'm like leaving in a month, but you know, I'm down to keep hanging out until then because I really like hanging out with you. Like we can still go on those dates we planned, but I don't want anything serious right now. And this was the first time where I said to this guy or I said to anyone, you know what? Like I really like hanging out with you too, but that's not for me. And I, do want something more than just casual. So it's going to end here. And that was the first time I ever prioritized myself, chose myself, stood up for myself and recognized my worth and what I wasn't okay with. And it was a few months after that turning point that I met Jake. Yeah. It's it's what you just said at the start, dating in self-worth is such a different landscape to date in than when you're not dating in self-worth. And it's so funny because I also went on a really similar journey of all of a sudden after years of, I wouldn't say I let, I put up with people's shit, but I definitely attracted or was attracted to, I should say, less emotionally available men who had sometimes even said, I'm not really looking for a relationship. And then it's like, da-da, like you said. And then I was like, okay, let me fix you. Let me change you. And it was about four months before, five months before meeting Ellie, who actually the interesting thing about our relationship is we were already friends for years before. And I had kind of like cast him aside because it was like, no, no, I need all these men who are not emotionally mm-hmm. available. And I was dating someone a few months before who exactly the same thing had just said, actually, no. And it's so interesting what happens when you get rejected, when you're in your self-worth it's so different from when you get rejected from when you're trying to cling on or you're experiencing that kind of like, no, 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 let me just prove to you, let me fix you, let me show you. Because it happens that you, it's hard, right? I'm sure that it was emotional for you when that happened and you were like upset. You know, it sucks, right? Whether you get rejected when you're in your self-worth or not, it feels crappy. And and I had the same thing. I think I've been on like seven dates with this guy and really thought that something was gonna, you know, come from it. And I remember like being really upset for like two days and then waking up on the third day and being like, no, I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't treat me right. I want to be with somebody who's there. And I think that's so important that so many people don't do. So yeah, like I just really want to echo what you're saying. And I love your story. I think that the fact that you learned to be your own best friend is amazing. The fact that you actually learned to be there for yourself, incredible. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of why our relationship has worked. Like in the past, I was so dependent on the people that I was dating. The second I would get into a relationship or like somebody, I was the definition of a girl who like would meet a guy and then never see her friends again because I put all of my eggs in the boyfriend basket. I needed it to work out. Mm -hmm. Like without that person, nothing else mattered. And so now like this independent Alana who 
had a lot of things going for her, filled up her cup in a bunch of other ways. This was the healthiest possible start to a relationship that I ever could have imagined for myself because, you know, I wasn't anxious when I didn't see him or if like we were only seeing each other once a week. I wasn't not planning things with friends in case he was going to last minute ask me to hang out. I was continuing my life exactly as I was before I met him, where I still did all the things I enjoyed doing. I still spent nights on my own and felt good about that. I still made plans with friends, went on vacations when I wanted to with friends instead of rewriting my whole routine and personality and everything to cater to this guy that I liked. Absolutely love what you just said. I really think that when it comes to dating, and I'm going to say dating in your 30s, even though it does apply to any age, I really think that what we said, dating in your self-worth, but also being comfortable, being alone, and knowing exactly like what your, your journey was with COVID, being able to be there for yourself, being able to enjoy your own company, have your own life, have your own friends, have your own hobbies, have your own career, all these things, is only going to make the relationship so much healthier. I really yeah. believe it. And again, like I said, not to poo-poo anybody who met their their partner when they were much younger and they grew together and they kind of evolved and changed together. But I do see one of these benefits of meeting somebody a little bit later than you maybe anticipated is that you've got a full life. So the person's going to come along. And I love the analogy of the ice cream sundae that you put the cherry on the top and it's not mm -hmm. like, you know, I actually don't love it when people, and I probably sometimes do it, but call their partner that other half. Cause I'm like, no, you're a whole person and you're going to meet somebody who's also a whole person and together you're going to go forward and create a beautiful life together. So yeah, I think it's really like fun for me to hear that that was also your journey with Jake and in your relationship, because at the end of the day, you know, we hope that our partners will be our partners for life, but we're our only partners for life. So it's very important that we enjoy our own company and we really know how to be alone, even when we're together. Absolutely. I love the ice cream sundae with the cherry on top concept. And yeah, like to me, I look at a healthy relationship should look like a Venn diagram where there's you on one side and you on that side has all of the passions and hobbies and interests and people in your world that make you who you are, that let you up, that fill up your cup. And these are things that you did before you met this person and things that you picked up on your own while you were with this person. And on the other side is that person and their passions, their hobbies, their people, their places they like to go, their things they like to do. And then in the middle, you intersect with the things you guys do together, the conversations you have together, the places you go together. But that's only part of the puzzle because you're still you and they're still them. Mm, so true. I love how all of my analogies have been food analogies in this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> popcorn, ice cream sundae. It's like, can you tell I'm having cravings? But yeah, like I love, I love the Venn diagram idea. I think it's so important. And I guess what's coming up for me that I think maybe our listeners will, will be thinking, or maybe I used to think, was that, wow, it's so hard to have a whole life and then somebody else has a whole life. And then to find that middle piece, like that you said, the center of yeah. the Venn diagram. What would you say to clients who come to you and I guess have that more limiting belief? Like, well, I've already, you know, I'm already got an established life. It's going to be hard for somebody else to fit in or, or I can't find somebody when I'm dating who fits what, you know, this picture of what I like, what would you work on them with? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I, I do hear people, you know, once they've 
gotten to their 30s. I, I was talking to someone, she's 34, and she worries that, you know, she's wanted to find somebody for so long, but now she's so independent and set in her ways that she can't imagine as as much as she wants it and is trying to find it. She can't imagine someone entering her life and like joining it when she is so like strong and set in her ways now. And I think it's a matter of, first of all, you have to find the right person. And you have to find the right person that wants the same future things as you. Maybe you guys have a different set of hobbies or a different set of passions. They don't need to complement every single thing. They don't need to like all the same movies and play the same sports or like the same bands and artists. You don't need to find somebody who's your like duplicate. You want to find somebody who wants the same things moving forward. They have the same values. You have discussions that make you curious, that make you want to get to know this person more. I think there's a misconception that, like you said, like we have to find our other half or like our the yin to our yang, the person who completes us. And no, you actually should be complete in order to find your person or before you do find your person. And you don't have to change every single thing about the way you're currently living. Will you have to you know, maybe sometimes be there for someone else or, you know, have a date night on a night that maybe you'd spend alone before. Yeah. Relationships are about compromise, but hopefully it's somebody that you want to spend time with and it won't feel like this uncomfortable thing that you have to do. And so I think it's like, imagine if you recently got into Pilates and you started going to a bunch of Pilates classes and you met somebody there who is now your friend that you go to Pilates with. And you know, one day after Pilates, you guys decide to get lunch and you realize you have a bunch of things in common. And now you're becoming really good friends and suddenly you're best friends and you're going on a vacation with them or you guys become roommates or you meet each other's families because you're just really great friends. Like, Think of it like that. You weren't closed off to the idea of I, my friend capacity is, is full because I'm so independent and my life is so established. You met mm-hmm. somebody who you enjoyed spending time with. And over time, you spent more time with and your lives became a little more intertwined and you were able to create space for each other because you valued what each other had to bring to the table. Love that. It's so true. I think we have so much capacity for friendships more so than relationships when it comes to differences. You know, we would so much more accept a different a friend who had different interests to us than a, than a partner or we would judge them in a, in a really different way. And it comes down to that kind of, well, no, I want my partner to be this, 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 and this, or the tick boxes that we we see them. But yeah, when it comes to friends, we have you know friends who have completely different interests, maybe even sometimes completely different political views or completely different, I don't know, careers to us. And we don't say, oh, well, I can't be friends with them because they, you know, I do yoga and they do Pilates. So yeah, right. that's a really, it's a good analogy. Yeah, we're we're so quick to write people off in a dating perspective, like especially now with this obsession with red flags. It's like, oh, they have a red flag, like bye. It's like, no, a red flag is a red flag. It's not a deal breaker. But think about all of the friends you meet who have red flags and you're not like, oh, we can't be friends because they are gluten-free and I, you know, I like bread and pasta so much that I could never be friends with somebody who's gluten-free, but like people actually go into dating with that. And if they see that somebody's gluten-free, they literally are writing them off for it. And that's wild. Wild. That it really is wild. I know. Yeah. I think the red flag thing, you're so right. It's, it's got so, so much traction now in dating. And then it's like the ick as well. I spoke about this recently on oh, a podcast. Yeah. It's also like another thing. It's like kind of that thing where we just like put such strong 
requirements and such strong wants and desires for the relationship that we forget that this person is actually a person or a whole right. human being with a whole variety of interesting things about them and yep. yeah it's been that's been a, such a big part of my dating journey actually has been really trying to see people for people still quote unquote manifesting that person who can be the things that I want them to be as in that be in a relationship that I want to be in but at the same time really leaning in and understanding that especially when you date you don't really know somebody like you're just getting to know them and it's hard because you don't want to waste time and that's a big thing that comes up with my community of people meeting later on thinking oh my god I need to know already at the start like I need to already know if this person is the person I want to be with after three dates because I can't possibly be single because I want to have children next year and all these things you know there's just something so it's really beautiful about getting to know a person as a person and not putting on all these really tough, strict requirements that they need to meet because then it just becomes husband hunting and it's not actually dating and getting to know someone. A hundred percent. And and with this concept of the checklist and, you know, of course you want to manifest the perfect partner and you want to find the person who's perfect for you, but that person will be perfect for you if it's the right person. They might, first of all, well, Nobody's perfect, but they they will be right for you. But also consider the fact that you might be wrong about what you think is right for you. So true. Really important to be open-minded and not write people off immediately if they don't check off every single box or if they say something that you're like, oh, well, you know, the last person I dated who liked that same thing was crawling with red flags and I wish I ended it sooner so I'm going to end this now because this person also does that thing. Like you never know. People are human. We're all we're all covered in red flags also. And like, literally that's a really funny thing on Instagram where it's like when you realize that you're the red flag. I was like that yeah. could have been me quite a lot of times when I was dating. But what Absolutely. you're saying is really important and and I want to say that so I knew my partner. We were friend we knew each other from working together from years before and we were friends before and we had kind of had like a we started off becoming friends by going on a couple of dates and I had like really cut it off quite quickly and then we carried on being friends and it was very much because I had this perception in my head of how I thought that my future partner would be and I had in front of me this great person who had loads of amazing qualities but when we actually first started dating or even when we were friends he's a quite introvert and I, I'm 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 what I call an, an extroverted introvert you know I I, I need to Me have which yeah recharge but you know we both talk a lot we're podcast hosts like <laughs> I'm very like bring a lot of energy to the conversation and I dominate conversation with somebody who who is more quiet and he was he was shy and now I realize he was shy because I think he was just like interested in me and was just a bit like didn't really know how to act but and I had it in my head I'm not going to be with somebody who's shy that's not that doesn't work for me. And so I put that person to the side because I was like, you're great. It's just not, you know, friends. It's not, it's not going to work. And actually when we did start dating, when, when we officially started dating again, it's so funny to get to know somebody who's introverted or to get to know somebody who you think is shy, because now sometimes I'm like, will you ever stop talking? You know, you are so (laughs) not, he's not shy in the slightest. He's like, really like he has way more to say than I do sometimes and I'm like it's so interesting to give somebody that chance and to see how it evolves and to I think the word that I like to use and 
you know, I use it with my clients a lot is to date with curiosity, to be like, okay, this person is shy. It doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing about them. What can I learn about being with somebody who's shy? Biggest lesson for me, dating and being with Ellie, that sometimes people seem one way and then they're just different when you get to know them. And it's just, it's been a big game changer. And I always say now, which I didn't used to say before, when people come to me and say, oh, this person is this way after three dates, I'm like, give it, just give it more of a chance. Because if there are fundamental value match matches there and you can see there's a compatibility but there's something that maybe isn't sitting right go and check it because you just don't know what's going to come what's going to be after that exactly it's always worth exploring and there's something to learn from every single date and dating experience even if it doesn't lead to a relationship you're still able to learn so much that you can take with you to the next and yeah i'm in the same boat like i am i i used to be like the most extroverted person ever. Now I, uh, I'm i on the same page. I'm an extroverted introvert. I have a very low social battery. But when I show up, I'm, I'm ready to go because I have recharged. But I never would have expected to be with somebody who is on the shy or inquired or side. Like I always wanted to be with somebody who was the life of the party and would walk in and command a room. And like Jake is definitely quiet and shy until you get to know him. And then he opens up more. But completely not the type of person I ever would have expected myself to end up with. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah. How funny. We both sound very similar and also yeah. a relationship that's very similar, the dynamics. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting to, to, yeah, just keep your mind open to anyone listening and thinking, no, but I know for a fact that this is what I want or this is what works for me is try dating differently or, or at least giving opportunities to differences that come up when you are on dates. Exactly. I don't want this to end. This has been so fun. I have one question that I ask at the end of every single Seeing Other People episode. So I would love to know what the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received is. Oh, so many. Okay, I have a really good one. So one of my really good single friends that when I became single at 33, I really like made an effort, as I was saying before, to go out and just find my people who could support me with dating. And one of my friends who now were extremely close, even though we're both not single anymore, she was full of dating wisdom. She's actually a coach as well. And she just said to me, the three-day rule, always wait three days until after a date to decide if you want to see them again or if you don't want to see them again. Don't do anything in those three days because you have the adrenaline from the date that maybe like, you know, or even the endorphins from it, but that can make you think differently. And on the first day, you often are like heightened. The second day, you're still kind of there. But by the third day, you can go, you can, you can have more perspective. So that advice really saw me through making big decisions about people who I was dating and just giving myself that little buffer time to be like, don't believe your thoughts. Don't believe anything. Don't speak to too many people about it. And on the third day, then you can decide. So that's a really good piece of advice that has really seen me through. Like triple yes to the don't speak to too many people about it. The more we talk about it, the more anxious we get, the more opinions we get, the more it becomes a bigger deal. And yeah, I think that is so wise and such a great approach because in the beginning, you just want the validation that they want to see you again. Like that's what's most important is like, well, do they want another date? And by day three, you can actually think like, okay, wait a second. Did I enjoy myself? Like, did I enjoy my time? Did I feel like more curious about this person? Like I want to get to know them more. I think I love that. Love yeah, that. it's so true. Cause when we're dating, we always totally 
not always, but a lot of the time it's like, pick me, pick me. And we don't see if we want to pick them. So that three day rule is a really good one for, I love it. I've never shared it before. So there you go. So many (laughs) exclusives right now. I love it. (laughs) I love love it. it. Oh my goodness. This has flown by and been this like, I knew this conversation would be so easy and natural and fun, but like it was even better than I expected. And I'm so glad we found each other later. It was, I wish we found each other sooner, but I'm happy we found each other now. (laughs) Exactly. And the good things, good relationships come to those who wait. So yeah. (laughs) Um, Amazing. Yes. Where can everybody who is listening on seeing other people find you and maybe do one-on-one coaching with you and listen to your podcasts, shout out all the things. Okay. So I'm usually hanging out on Instagram at turning 30 coach. That's my handle. The 30 of the numbers three zero. I also have my podcast, the very aptly named turning 30 podcast, which delves into all these kinds of topics. And I really recommend that that's the kind of the place where I share the most. So going there, I'm currently about to take off an un- decided amount of time for uh, maternity leave in terms of one-on-one coaching. However, Mm. the podcast will still be going and I have a brand new course that I want to say that is very relevant to the topic we've been talking about today called Next Chapter in Love. And it's all about going out and actively building your next chapter in love, enjoying being single and embracing your unique timelines in your 30s, but also actively dating and and wanting to meet that person so that's currently actually depending on when when you're listening it might not be on a a launch offer but anyway go and check that out you can find details about it on uh, Instagram that's all from me and I would love to hear where my audience who many will have just discovered you from here can find out more about you and working with you Yes. Hi. If you're listening on Turning 30, so nice to meet you. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys loved this episode as much as I did. You can find Seeing Other People wherever you listen to podcasts. I also co-host a podcast called Life in Progress that's about like adulting, friendships, career, dating, all the things you experience in your 20s and 30s. And you can follow on Instagram at Seeing Other People, Alana Dunn, or It's Life in Progress. 